I really have felt strongly this week to share about is to remind you of your authority. We are a royal priesthood. We've kind of forgot about wearing our crowns. We've allowed ourselves to get under the devil's feet, under the pandemic, under the woe and the drama. And I think we need a reminder of who we are and whose we are. I think we all need to remember our fight because um, the weapons we have are far more powerful than we realize, but a lot of us have left them on the shelf or kind of forgot that we actually have access to them. So let today be a reminder of your royal status, and I'm going to be giving you some pointers on that so you can walk out of here like, I've got this. No more of this, you know, feeling bad and allowing the situations of the world. So, of course, my story, I'd love to introduce this, the beginning of the story is, um, as you can tell, I'm not from around here. I'm southern, but way south, South Africa southern. Uh, I've been living here in the, the, the Grand Isle South for 15 years, so my drawl isn't quite there yet, but, you know, I'm catching up with it. <laughs> and uh, my husband and I have been married for 25 years. Yay! Childhood sweetheart. <laughs> and uh, we're, we came to Charlotte in 2006. But we came from South Africa via England, spent five years in England. My mom, my sister, and my dad live in England, so that's a bit of a British twang you hear there. But we call those our boot camp years. If anyone's lived in England for five years, the weather is, um, will really test your patience. So um, we're excited for what God did, and we've always had this passion about coming to the States. So to be honest, I don't come from a... Uh, a church background, let's say. I was raised, as a, as a Christian, I got to know Jesus in one of the biggest churches in South Africa called Rhema Bible School. Um, I was 10, and I, the Lord has worked and w walked with me my whole life, but I come from a business background. I actually am a marketing and, well, I was a marketing and branding strategist. My husband and I had um, started a website design company in 90, what was it, 96, 97? I'm dating myself back to the days of... Uh, dial-up internet. Anyone remember those? You know, ring, ring, trying to get through the phone call. So, and we started a business there, and uh, he, he's an engineer, so we kind of fell into creating a directory. This was before the days of Google. And that business gave us the opportunity to move to, the, to England. And because we always felt like there was something bigger we were meant to do, and we really had this aspiration for spreading the business ideas to out of South Africa. So we lived in England for five years, and that gave us the opportunity then to move here through his business in 2006. And um, so he's definitely still in the marketing and the software space. And I have spent about eight years being a branding strategist for businesses. So they come in if they want to have a new look on their website or I give them advice about how to position themselves, all that fancy stuff. So when God called me to talk about my story and took me through this, um, this whole process of church and speaking in church, I was like, say what? Excuse me? Um, you know my business? I do business. Like, I don't talk about feelings and vulnerable stuff, okay? Like, we have a brand to uphold and we have an image. <laughs> Who really wants to know the giant Kamatron, honey? Um, but God will do other things, especially when you least expect them. Um, and sometimes, like, I like to think of life as riding a car. We just think about it. We go on, on our merry way, and we have the signpost, and we see the speed limits. But girlfriend over here, I don't notice, read the speed limits. We'll just keep going and going and going until we crash and burn, pretty much. We have an accelerator pedal, and we have a gas, and we have a brake. For me, I only know two gears. My husband will attest to this. Full blast 
or full stop. There's nothing in between. Keep going until we fall apart. So my drug of choice has been workaholic and working till I drop or keep pushing until the wheels fall off the bus. Not advisable. So stories, this real catalyst of where what I'm doing today is really started in like six years ago. So the story goes, you know, we marry, going along our merry way, we have three kids who, who are now 22, 20, and 11. And um, parents running businesses, doing life, doing school. And sometimes things don't really go according to plan, especially when you think you've read the parenting book and you know everything about there is about parenting, right? With teenagers, it's different. Are there any parents of teenagers out there? Yeah, my prayers are with you. Um, so we know our patience gets tested, and oftentimes not in the most prettiest way. It kind of can bring out either the good, the bad, and the ugly. But really, what I would love to share with you is there was a time in, uh, it was probably about February 2016, I was at a, a speaking convention, and you know, we, we had had some issues with one of our kids who had been really struggling with school. You know, we had the whole PEP plan where you have, you know, accommodations, um, homework, school, psychologists, you know, therapists, all those kind of things. Because our, our child was really going through a tough time with school and really struggling with depression and anxiety. Now, as a go-getter and someone's like, okay, we have a problem, let's fix it. I went into full mode into fixing it, like everything that I knew as a mom to do. Read the books, did the courses. You know, the therapy, you did, you, know, you know, all that kind of stuff that we do to fix a problem. But there came a point where it wasn't fixable. I had to realize that what I was doing, my strength, could only take me so far. And being in the car or going at 100 miles an hour, eventually what happens is if you don't fill up your gas tank, you're going to run out of gas, no matter how hard you put your, your foot to the pedal, right? You can keep going and going and going until you ain't no going no more, and then you get stuck on the side of the road and nobody's moving. So around about February 2016, when I was away, my husband phoned me and he said, something is seriously wrong with our middle child. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, as a mom, your heart just goes, oh. I was like seven hours away and I couldn't think. I was like, I could, uh, Houston, we have a problem. I've got to get home. Like, I couldn't even focus. And by the time we got home, we had a serious problem. We were at a situation where uh, our child would not get out of bed, didn't want to go to school, didn't even want to eat was like really spiraling in a very dark, dark position. And I was like, why is what I'm doing not helping? You know, seriously, something's not right. So we really had to, you know, reassess our, our parenting skills because we come from South Africa and anyone knows South Africa is like, suck it up, buttercup, stop complaining, pull yourself together, right? There's other poor people who are down the road who have less than you, so stop complaining and don't and be grateful, right? So there's none of this kind of, let me just talk about my feelings or how my feelings like that's that's great, honey. But now get up and go do something. You know, <laughs> that's good. But you know, like my mom would say, no time for a pity party. Pull, you know, put put your boots on and pull yourself together. Like this is what we do, right? We're tough. We do it because there's there's things that we have to do. But eventually, you get to a situation where God's like, okay, I need control of this. If you want me to step in and do what you want me to do, you're praying, you're pleading, you're begging. But you're not taking your hands off the driver's seat, out of the driver's seat, off the, uh, the, the steering wheel. We, are, we invite God into our lives and we say, be the driver of my life. But we are the worst backseat drivers that there ever are. I'm like, hello, 
God, you know, I know we're going, you know, there's a, there's a nice place. Maybe we should take this, this detour here. Maybe we, have you got the directions? Because I think I know where we're going. He's like, I've got this. Will you, will you stop trying to take over? So for me, unfortunately, he had to wrestle control. So February, we had this situation with my, my son. And then, of course, you know, the signs were there. I'm going 100 miles an hour, and I just wasn't seeing the signs, and I was in denial because everyone loves a denial, right? Because then, of course, if, it's, if we deny it, then it's not a problem. But unfortunately, the problem eventually gets big enough that we have to pay attention. So about, I don't know, about six or eight weeks later, my husband's mother, my mother-in-law, passed away from cancer. Now, that was rough because I've known her since I was a teenager. She actually helped me through a lot when I was younger, like went through a whole inner healing process because my parents got divorced when I was 10, you know, issues during, during my um, teenage years, and she really helped me, so we were really close. But the biggest thing that really bothered me about this was that she was a strong woman of faith. She was speaking and praying for people, and she had prayed for other people, and they'd been healed. So I was like, how could this happen? How could God allow bad things to happen to good people? Like, God, where are you? Like, how, like, hello, 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 anyone tried that? When you're praying, you feel like you're in a room and just, you have, you're in an echo chamber. Well, that's really where we are. And I was just, my faith was rocked. I was like, I had been raised from when I was 10, that you pray and Jesus comes to help you. But sometimes it's not necessarily that he's, he's not there. He's there, but we're not listening. We're underwater and we're screaming and no one can hear us. Because we're not, we, we're, we can't hear. There, there, there's, there's blockages between what he's trying to say. And God never stops speaking. He's always speaking. It's just we don't know how to listen. Because we we've lost our sight. We don't have eyes to see and the ears to hear. They, they, they get blocked, right, from, this, from, from life, from struggles. So once that happened, and in between that, I should say, I also had a business failure. And for me, my whole identity was being about my business and what I did and my, if my bank balance wasn't a reflection of my identity, I don't know what was. It was like, this is, this is how I know I'm successful. If I do this and everyone can see I'm successful and I go online and, you know, brand image and all of that. But the problem was that my identity was in the wrong things. And God had to wrestle control because he knows what a control freak I was. I've given up my, my membership to Control Freaks Anonymous. And I can be on, tell you, I am so much happier since then. It's taking the pressure off. Like, I don't have to be performance and perfection and, you know, excellence. And I mean, excellence is good, don't get me wrong. But when we get to a stage where we're like, I'm not going to do it unless it's perfect. Or I'm not perfect and we start to beat ourselves up like there's something wrong with us. So God really had to shift and realign my identity about how I, who I was and who I valued and how I valued myself. And at the same time, he said, it's time to be well. He said, it's, it's time to actually look into the junk in the trunk that's slowing you down on the highway. Even though you're pushing as hard as you can on the gas pedal, you're not getting any, any, any further because the stuff that's in the back has been, even from childhood, holding you back. So he th took me through a really, really painful but necessary process of releasing and repenting and renouncing things that I had agreed with from way back when I didn't even know existed. And, you know, as Christians, we think that when we, we come to know the Lord, that we, we, we give our lives to Jesus and all of a sudden some magic, everything's happened as well. But 
how it works is that, you know, we are a three-part being. We're, we're, we have our mind, uh, we have our body, our soul, and our spirit. And our spirit is saved at the moment of salvation. That's where Jesus comes to live. It's like the inner chamber, right? That doesn't change. But we have the spirit man that needs to be renewed, which is our mind, our will, and emotions. It's our soul. Often we, you know, people talk about the soul, but we kind of forget that there are distinctive differences between them. So if we, for instance, like my issue was I had a lot of rejection as a child growing up. And of course, rejection can grow seeds and they get planted and then over years they get watered and they get, and it grows into bigger seeds and bigger trees and eventually we like the fruits are pride, anxiety, um, perfectionism. So we try to cut off the fruit but we've never dealt with the root. So part of this challenge was, I was like, okay, God, I want to be well. He says, well, are you willing to do it my way? And I was like, I thought we'd be in it your way already. He's like, no, no, no. We need to go deeper. <laughs> but it took me a while to get there because this is, the, this is the beauty of being a human is that we have free will. God, that is one of the gifts God gives us. Like, often people will say, why doesn't God come down and just like smite them all like he did in the olden days or you know, just come and heal someone. And he's like, I don't interfere with free will. Even though our hearts want it and desire it and yearn for it, if we have not aligned our will with God's will and exchanged our will for his, he doesn't have authority. So I really wanted to remind you guys about your authority today. Um, and uh, there's a scripture, 1 Peter 2, 9, which says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. So he's called us, but are we listening to the call? Are we willing to stand up and say, yes, God, I'm willing to do whatever it takes? Because it's important we get out of our own way so God can have his way. So really, it really comes down to exchanging, and it has to be a choice. Like we can pray for someone who's sick or who's possessed or who's having issues, but we can have all the love and desire for them, but unless that person has their free will to say, I need help, someone please help me, there's nothing we can do, which is unfortunately the situation we found ourselves with our own child is that whatever happened over, the, over time, Eventually, he turned his, his back. So we still consider him a prodigal son, but we praying for the, pray that we have faith that the Lord will bring him, and the Lord will bring him into his, into his arms again, we know, at the right time. We, our job is, just to, is to be faithful as parents and do what we can with our authority as parents and our authority as Christians to be able to declare that, that God's will can be, can be done in our family. But, of course, you know, it's a, hard, it's a hard nut to crack sometimes when you're praying for someone and they, they don't want to be helped or they can't see what needs to be helped. And we can try and wish and pray all we like. But what I found was the most effective was to humble myself, to get rid of all the junk that I had. And so my healing really came from this whole situation didn't get resolved by trying to fix him. It came through fixing me. So once I was willing to say, okay, God, I give up. I can't do this anymore. I don't know what else to do. You have got to step in and you, you have got to make a way. And then he started to teach me slowly but surely 
one thing at a time that we can do that if we allow God to do that. So some of the, some of the things that I wanted to share with you today is that we have the authority using spiritual warfare. Now, this is kind of a subject that is a little touchy sometimes. Like, that's why I can talk to you guys because you guys get it, right, in your church. I talk, try to talk about this in a business setting, and they're like, she like weird. So um, I'm, I appreciate the fact that I can be a little bit more <laughs> open with you guys. But if you want to hear the story in more detail, as I said, I brought a, um, a box of books that first come first serve. Whoever would like a copy, you can grab one. But really what I want to help you guys is for you guys to take the first step. If you feel like you're struggling with anxiety, depression, um, feeling low, uh, you know, the, the list can be endless. I mean, for goodness sake, we've all gone through a pandemic, which of course has shook everybody's status quo. Change has been thrust upon us, whether we like it or not. And the human condition, we don't necessarily like change. Because what I do now, like going back to that story in 2016, um, after going through that process, I literally fell apart. After losing my mother-in-law, having an issue with my son, having a business failure, I literally hit burnout. Physically, emotionally, and spiritual burnout. I was in bed. I couldn't get out of bed. Like I would, My mom would phone me from England. She's, how are you doing? I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. Can you text me? I couldn't even hold a conversation. It was just a hot mess. But what I'd realized, I'd got to the end of the rope that I literally could not do anything else. But what I would suggest we can preempt that. I wouldn't suggest you go that far down until <laughs> you feel like you're totally falling apart. But through that process, I allowed God to work in me and through me and to rebuild. Because sometimes we build these own castles in our mind of what life should be like or what, you know, built on pride and, um, you know, offense, like, you know, all these things we allow to get into us. And we, we have a choice today to set, be set free from them. We don't have to keep dragging them along. If you just imagine yourself in the spirit, you know, every time someone offends you or someone upsets you or, you, you know, you get angry or it's like a little rock you're putting in your pockets. So if you had to imagine what you look like in the spiritual world, you're like this heavy, you know, we can't walk. And that's why God says he wants to give us, you know, he wants to exchange that for lightness. And, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Like, I... I just, I get excited about it now, and I realize I can dance around, and I feel free that I don't have to be held down by that. So, this is a, this is a process, right? It's not going to happen overnight. But if you're willing, God will, uh, God will meet you where you're at. Because your will and, your, uh, and you coming into an agreement with what God wants for your life is the most powerful thing that you can do. And it comes through our words. We look at the Bible, right? God created the world with his words. And nowadays in modern society, we get so flippant about words like, you know, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, do you mind? Like, hello, do you know who you're referring to? And we kind of take it like out of, think it's just like colloquialism, but we forget the power of our actual words. Like, you know, if we look at, um, I didn't bring the information today, but there's been studies where they actually look at the power of sound and how it changes dynamics. You can find it on YouTube where how it moves. And... Um, and like now, um, in the last three years, I went back to school and became a certified life coach because this has been such a transformative experience for me that I want to help other people go through this process. And I'm a real neuroscience geek. Like I love to learn about how the brain works, how the, you know the hormones work when you make a decision, what that looks like. I'm always like looking at it from different angles. And I can tell you this: that your primitive brain is wired 
to avoid discomfort. Now, if you can think about back in the day when we were living in mud huts and you had to run away from lions, you needed that ability to work in fight or flight, right? But in modern society, we don't have no lions chasing us unless you go visit South Africa, but not advisable. Um, our lions are the anxiety and the, and the bills and, you know, the, the stress at work and, you know, the difficult teenager and... What happens is physiologically, our bodies go into that fight or flight. So we are in a toxic situation of living with stress hormones, adrenaline, cortisol. This is all messing with us, you know, and sometimes it's good to know that there's a physiological issue, and, but oftentimes it starts with a spiritual issue. We have ignored the importance of our spiritual life, and spiritual life isn't just come to Sunday, tick off the box, and hey, I did it, I feel good today. I mean, if that's what you were doing today, I'm sorry, honey, we're here for a spiritual shower, so it's time to get clean, right? So, and this is what I, I, I want to you guys to take away, is that you can do this every day. You can do this spiritual shower every day. You don't have to feel like you have to drag yesterday's junk into, to, into today or tomorrow. You have the authority right now, right here, to be able to break yourself free from this by using the power of your words. So... Who's ready to have a spiritual shower, right? Who's ready to get rid of this? So I'm going to give you an example of how you can do this. And the most important thing is aligning our will with God's will, which means we have to say, Lord, I renounce anything that I have agreed with that the enemy has brought to me, like my anxiety, my depression. Who wants to own that as a label? And in actual fact, the studies show that uh, labels in the psych psych uh, psychological industry were only meant to be for other psychologists to know how to classify their clients. It was never meant to be in modern, the modern society where we own our diagnoses, disease and disorders as a label. It, it wasn't meant to be that way. Because here's the problem with labels. When you are told something and you, you, you take it on as an identity, because remember our identity is key, right? That's what makes us effective and how, what we've forgotten is who we are and whose we are. So when we forget about our identity in Christ, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and sound mind. You know, no weapon formed against us will prosper. We say that, but do we believe it? Really? Do we? Maybe it's good lip service, but I think we need to put those lip service into action and start to take authority. Because if you have to see yourself in the spirit, you are fierce. The enemy goes running when he sees you. When you know and you figure out who you are and you wear that crown with pride, you're like, get out of my way. I'm ready to take over. And that's the kind of confidence we need today. God doesn't want his children to be like, woe is me, I'm feeling terrible, and everything's so bad. And there's a thing called confirmation bias in psychology terms, if you've ever heard about that. It's like, I remember when I first got pregnant with my eldest child, and before I didn't really notice it, but once I got pregnant with her, I noticed every pregnant belly there was. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone's pregnant. Like, no, honey, you just noticed it all because now all of a sudden you're confirming your bias of what you believe. So I'm sure you have, we have a few crazies in our family who love to believe all these crazy stories on the internet and will tell you, but the science or this is truth because I saw it on YouTube. And I'm like, is it really? Or is it just because you sought it out to confirm what you believe, because you, you can find evidence to support whatever you believe in life. If you focus on the negative, you'll find more negative. If you focus on the positive, you'll find more positive. So what are you listening to? What are you prepared to put in your eye gates and your ear gates? 
because we have lost our sight. We have lost our hearing. We have lost our ability to be connected to heaven because God has given us everything we need. It's like walking into an armor room and you've got all these weapons on the wall. And you're like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's fancy. Oh, but I could never really use that. That's not for me. And and God's like, "Um, hello, it's got your name on it. You just need to walk up, take what you need, wield your sword, and use it. Because here's another challenge. Like, my kids will know that um, my daughter will probably roll her eyes at me if I sang it. But in the morning, every day before we we go to school, (laughs) she's already looking at me. Um, We have a song that we sing, and we've taught our kids as a matter of getting dressed in the morning is wearing the armor of God. It goes, thank you for the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and the readiness of gospel of peace on my feet. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been teaching this to my kids since they were toddlers, and it's just become one of the things that we do. And this is one of the keys to overcoming your day. Before you open your eyes, before you know when you're coming out of that dream state where you're like, where am I? Oh, it's Monday. Got to get up for school. I'm like, well, got to get dressed first. Put on the spiritual armor. Because when you have your spiritual armor on, your feelings are protected. You're wearing, the, 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 you're wearing that protection. You know your authority. And it's amazing how the enemy has to walk out of your way because he knows that you come walking with authority, with power. You're going to exercise your authority. You're not going to let those weapons go rusty. But it's, and sometimes I, I'll do this like 10 times a day, especially if I'm feeling like a sense of this negativity or even I've had road rage, Lord forgive me, I have to um, re-cleanse myself and get a little <laughs> realignment because whoops, girl, my sister over here fell off the bus, but that's okay. We can always get back on. That's, that's the joy, right? But I want to challenge you that, you know, the first time, first minute of your waking day, even before your feet hit the floor, put on your, your armor. And before you go to bed at night, declare your authority. Remind the devil who you are and whose you are. And we have, it's like we have the answers in the Bible. It's already there. We just need to use it. We just need to grab it. So here's another, here's another a tip. So another thing to do would be to really align yourself is to detach yourself from the things of the past. So as I'm talking now, I just pray, like, Holy Spirit, you just give everybody a revelation of the things that they need to renounce. And we just decree and declare now, Lord, as our authority as children in Christ Jesus, Lord Jesus, that you will now show everybody and know that they need, of what they need to let go of so they can be set free today. So as I'm talking today, another important thing is to renounce, which means to repent, where God says repent, which means turn around. Sometimes we do this, you know, knowingly and unknowingly. These things that might come up for you. So as I, as we talk about this, you know, just anything that comes up in your mind that if you remember, like maybe when you were a kid, that your parents fought and there was a sense of fear that came, or if you've had a traumatic experience, like trauma is a huge door opener for demonic interference. And oftentimes we don't we don't see it that way. We just think that's life. I was traumatized, or you know. Any, anything can be traumatic, like doesn't have, it could be a, you know, a car accident, it could be even trauma in the womb, like I've, I've prayed for women who've had uh, very traumatic pregnancies because they had a car accident while they were pregnant and it, it brought in a spirit of fear and they're like, why do I always feel fearful? Because fear is one of these huge things that's, that's just prevalent in our society and we almost think it has to be part of our, our lives and it's not. Fear is a spirit. We have authority to cast that out through Jesus. 
But again, we have to exercise that authority, right? We don't have to be under the enemy's oppression. We get to remind him that we are above because we have the authority and the power. So let me walk you through a prayer. And this is something that you can do at any time, at any place. And you can fill in the blank. So what I'm going to have you do is just as you, whatever's come to mind for you, it's kind of like the fill in the blank word. And I'm just going to say it, and you can say it with me. And if there's anything else that you need to insert in that word, in that space, feel free to do that. So we just say, thank you, Jesus, for the authority that you've given me through Christ Jesus. I renounce my agreement with anxiety, depression, fear, fill in the blank, whatever else comes to you, unforgiveness, offense, And you can, you can continue adding whatever you need to. Even you might find the rest of the day you'll be reminded of more. But you say, I renounce my agreement with this. I bring myself in alignment with you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. And I plead the blood of Jesus over me. And I exercise my authority as a child of God to walk in victory, in Jesus' name. So again, you can do this regularly. It's three things. I renounce, I declare my authority, and I plead the blood of Jesus. And this can be done like your spiritual shower. You could do this every day if you need to. Or if you're praying for other people, this is something I want to give for you guys to walk with, to walk others through that. Because once we use the word I renounce, and I repent, in the spirit we're using that sword and we are severing those ties that we have had with whatever has held us back. And then the important part is once you've removed that, just like the scripture says where if you cast out the demons and you don't fill them with something, they come back sevenfold, you receive God's love. You receive his healing and you say, I receive your love, Lord. Fill me with your love. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, the piece de resistance is to... Uh, uh, is to add, you know, to um, really using the name of Jesus. That's really the most powerful thing we can do. So I hope that's been helpful to you guys. Um, one last thing I will say. Let me see here. Make my notes here. I'm going to read this other scripture. Matthew 13, 10 to 16. So this was after Jesus talked about the parable of the sower. And the, the disciples were asking him, why do you talk in parables? But one of, uh, in verse 16, he says, But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. So, Lord, I just pray for everyone here today to give them eyes to see, Lord, ears to hear, and a clear vision and and discernment with what God is saying, because God is speaking to you already. You just haven't been able to hear it. So let my challenge be to you today to just go with the Lord, spend some time in the next, you know, we have the holidays coming up. This is a perfect time. God likes to, he doesn't rip the band-aid off, thank goodness. He goes slowly, but allow him to work through that. And I would, I would encourage you to journal, because something happens in your brain. When you actually use pen to paper, it slows down your thinking. It gets you in touch with your subconscious because right now we're all living in stress, which is at this level, but we want to get down to a deeper level. We want to dig out those roots. And the Holy Spirit will show you. 
but using pens and paper, and don't worry if you sound like a petulant child. Some of mine are like, oh, dear, dear Jesus, I can't believe what happened today. You know, I felt so terrible, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, if I read it back, I'm like, do you really think like that? Um, whoops. <laughs> and it's very effective because you get to read about how you think, and you start to look at yourself outside and go, would I really talk to someone else like that? Like, oh, my gosh, you are so stupid. How would you do that? You know how the brain and that, that other part of us, which is, you know, the enemy talking to us, I call him this Beatrix. He can be real mean. If you're not careful, she'll be like, oh, my gosh, girl, are you seriously wearing that? Oh, really? Who's going to want to listen to you today? Who really cares what you have to say? Like, as if your opinion means anything. I'm like, no, you girl, mm, mm-mm. I know my authority. I know who I am. I know whose I am. So get out of my way. And we can silence that inner critic because we've got Jesus who lives in us. I mean, he's in there already. We just need to let him out. Let him just have his say. And then you know what? It takes the pressure off. You don't have to perform. You don't have to be perfect. There's nothing you can do. And there, isn't, there is nothing you can do that's enough because you don't need to be enough. God has made you enough already. So one last thing I'll share is that um, it's not on the slides, but it's one of the things I heard, um, which I thought was a really wonderful testament to that, is, you know, we all know of the parable of the prodigal son. And we, you know, in, in modern English society, we know about how it's the story of the son and how he, he asks for his inheritance and he takes his inheritance, he goes and lives up the life of Riley and goes and lives it up and, you know, ends up in a pig pit and comes back and realizes, and he says, you know, even the servants in my father's house are better are a better, better than me, and I will go back and be a servant. But in the Jewish community, they don't talk about it as the prodigal son. They refer to it as the story of the running father. Their story, their highlight is about how they see it, how this is the father gave up knowing that he was letting his the son go, and he knew that he was waiting for him because Back in Jewish culture, like if you were dishonorable to your parents, it could mean certain death. They, they would have the right to stone you. So it, what they did is when he saw his son coming on the horizon, he didn't want him to be killed. He still loved his son with all his heart and wanted him in the family. So he put everything down and started running towards his son to embrace him. Because as soon as he embraced him, he put the ring on his finger and the, the, the coat on his back and said, you are loved. You are worthy. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've come from. You are still my son or daughter. You are still, you haven't lost your royal status. You might have gone off a bit, but you're back and I'm willing to love you. And he literally saved his son's life. So I think that's what God is for us today. Is he is the running father. He's running towards us. We just need to run and allow him to embrace us. So I appreciate that. So let me run, finish us off with uh, last-minute prayer. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for this time, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, that you give everybody the discernment and the eyes to see and the ears to hear, Lord, that what you need to show them, the Holy Spirit, of what we need to work through, what we need to repent of, what we need to release. Allow them to understand and really feel your presence, Lord, and that Holy Spirit fire of protection to come and burn out all the, the dross and the stuff and the junk in the trunk that doesn't need to be there, Lord. We just relent and our own will, and we are coming to alignment with you, Lord. We want to get behind Jesus and allow Jesus to step before us and to, to really head the way. And we just keep us all protected under the shadow of your wings that no enemy formed, no weapon formed against us will prosper because we are exercising our authority as child, 
God's children, and we use the words of our mouth to decree and declare that we are set free from sin. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.